Hello, everyone. <laughs> Yo, were you standing? Huh? You were standing. I was actually sipping some of this whiskey. Hey, hey, <laughs> oh, hey. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but, but, you know, so. What's up? Okay. That was a beautiful rendition. Who was that? Whitney? Uh, uh, no. Oh, okay. It was, it, who, who knows, man? Because you know how okay. You know, so, hey, everybody. This is, <laughs> that was um, Francis Cott. Who was a slave owner, by the way? You know, that's the thing about America. We've got so much dirty laundry, dirty shit buried. And when these, you know, when you know, obviously the controversy. I'm here, of course, up in Harlem, USA, uh, with uh, uh, my friend and co-host Jamal Murphy. Jamal, what's happening? I'm uh, hanging in there. A lot, lot going on. Lot going on. Uh, and we're about to get into it. About a song. Right. Who would have ever, who would have ever thought? Remember. But one of our podcasts, we talked about how growing up, when I grew up in Chicago, we had to do two things before our class. We had to sing the national anthem, and we said, I pledge allegiance to the flag, you know. Not just knowing, you know, these are the teachers, a lot of times white teachers, making you stand up and pledge this stuff. And you just said it by, by route. You didn't, you weren't thinking about any of this stuff. You're a young black kid, I pledge allegiance to the flag, and I said, you know, to the flag, what's the... And then as you get older, you're like, what the fuck was I talking about? And I think a lot of people do the same thing with the National Anthem. Trust me. I've been, you know, I've, I've, I've been in a lot of arenas. I've heard, like most sports writers, hundreds, maybe thousands of renditions of the National Anthem because it's like a ritual. Right. And, you know, if people were just, you know, everybody's making this, this fuss about whether Kaepernick stands... If fans would be very honest, and trust me, you all know who you are. I've been in the stands when y'all been buying hot dogs and drinking <laughs> in the back during the National Anthem. Ain't nobody standing. I've been in the press room. Right. And guys will hurry up and get the hell out of there so they, because people are writing their stories. And then when the National Anthem goes, you kind of wait for about the second stanza and get up because you're finishing your story. Or uh, sometimes you go in the back and finish eating so you do not have to stand. Um... Once in Atlanta during the Super Bowl, and a lot of my press colleagues remember this. Um, this was during the, uh, the, uh, the 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 flag in Atlanta it still had the stars and bars on it, the Confederate right, Confederate thing. flag, right? And people were really pissed off about it. It became a big issue. I think this must be I don't know 1994 or five, something like that. And me and David Aldridge, I remember that. We went out and bought little black uh, ribbons, and we passed it out. We, we sat for about a half hour in a little hotel room making little ribbons because we were going to do a protest. We were going to have all the reporters, black and white, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, but we all agreed. Uh, and there were a couple reporters who remained nameless who were kind of like, well, you know, I can't really do that because, uh, you know, my right. you know, They eventually came around when, right. you know, but... So finally, trust me, it was reporters too, and these were black reporters, by the way, right. who said, oh, I don't know, man, you know, we can't do that kind of stuff. And finally, when one of my colleagues, his white colleague, said, what are they going to do, fire us? And then it was okay. So it wasn't just athletes who had a problem. So we, me and David Aldridge handed these things out, and at the beginning, when the, when the color guard marched, they played, as soon as they began to play, we all quietly left our seats and we went into the corridor and it was our silent protest of 
playing this. And that, that was that was during the national anthem. Oh, absolutely. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Okay. And, and, and it was a lot. Of Brian Burwell, mm-hmm. Aldridge. There were there mm-hmm. were a lot of, and, and but it was black and white reporters. Right. You know, and we all left, and because we said this is not the America that we know, and we didn't make a real big deal out of it, though people it was pronounced. You know, so this thing has been, you know, uh, is th- this idea of the national anthem, and I begin the, the genesis of it, I begin, I believe it was World War II, um, uh, when it began because of, you know, wanting to drum up patriotism and all that, but um, obviously we're talking about this because uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick is probably soon to be ex-San <laughs> Francisco 49er right. quarterback, uh, um, sat out, I think maybe for the second preseason game. He just refused to stand up for the national anthem. Right. And of course now, a couple of things. A, it, it's, it's controversial. You know, Jamal, I, I'm, I know this is a monologue, but hey. um, um, but you know, it's one thing. See, this is the thing about protest, man. It's one thing to, for for LeBron and and Chris Paul and 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 Carmelo Anthony. And um, uh, Dwayne Wade right. to kind of stand up in the ESPYS, it was a somewhat well choreographed kind of thing, and everybody kind of signed off for it. Yeah, it was agreed to. It was agreed beforehand. to. Okay, would be okay. And in fact, it was written kind of for them. I mean, they they had input, but you know, somebody kind of wrote it for them, and everybody. That's, that's inside info. Well, let's be careful with this. <laughs> I, I, but it was it was it was. A, let's put it like this. It was a collaborative affair. I got you. Affair. I got you. All right? Right. Collaborative. But yeah. everybody, so everybody, then at the end, everybody was, hey. Right. Okay, now the shit gets Contro- raw. Controlled setting. Yeah, controlled setting is okay, nice, approach. I mean, you know, now it gets kind of raw. Right. But, it, and that's also, to me, football. Like, to me, it shows me that uh, football is king. I mean, you had LeBron and you had Carmelo, and, and like you said, it's a diff- It was a, It's a different setting. It's a little um, unexpected this time by Colin Kaepernick. But it. But to me, it showed me how how big football is. I mean, you had the biggest players in basketball speaking out. It got some. It got publicity, but nothing like this. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is how big football is and who the who the football fans are. That's right. It's outdoor. It's the national anthem. And the national anthem, you know, you have, you have the jets flying overhead. It's a whole military thing. Uh, for, it, for what reason? I don't know. I don't know. I never well, understood that whole, well, you, you know, equating war with or protest in your in your anti. All of a sudden, you're anti troops. Right. Like what? Well, it's idiotic. Yeah. It, it, and, and there's always racism underneath. But there are a lot of trust me. There are a lot of white people, kids. Who feel the same way? There are a lot of people, all different ethnicities, you know. You know, who look at that flag, and and there are a lot of black people who disagree with Colin Kaepernick. Absolutely. Well, because you know, you have a lot of black folks who are in the military, right? You know, and and so, but but I guess the great thing about this is, is once again, you know, through sports and through black people, who represent a very profound truth about this country, we we peel back yet another layer. And now people are kind of scrambling uh, to um, give takes, give opinions. Um, personally, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's great. I, right. I actually, I mean, I was, you know, this is sort of, uh, you know, I was, um, you know, 16, 17, when, in 68, with Tommy Smith and John Carlos. Same thing. And you talk about freaking people out. 
you know, now people, you know, kids always wonder, well, I wonder what it was like in Mexico City. Well, now you know. Right. <laughs> now, right. And that time, was, probably times 10. Back oh, then. oh t- yeah, because, well, they were in Mexico City. Mm. But still, people were freaked out because what it did, it embarrassed the United States uh, before the world. Because, you know, we go into other nations uh, and take over this and take over that uh, in the name of democracy under the banner of democracy. Because we, we are the great arsenal of democracy and freedom and that kind of stuff. And again, we're, we are drenched in hypocrisy. You know, as Nikki Giovanni said, how do you make the, the world safe with 40 million, 40 million slaves? You know, that's one of our unremedied, unaccounted for hypocrisies and dilemma. And so when Colin Ka- Kaepernick says, man, I can't stand for this. Right. You know, when you, when you really study our history, and I think the, the phenomenon is that more black folks don't sit down. I mean, I mean that, that's, when you really look at our history, it's, it's, it's phenomenal that more black folks don't go off. And the more black folks don't, I mean, when you really read the real, our real history of what we endure, what our mothers and fathers and grandmothers and great-grandmothers, I mean, Jesus, when you did the rape and the, oh, man, it's, it's just horrible. When you, when you really know what has happened to us and continues to happen to us over 400 years, the, the, um, the poverty that's almost uh, uh, handed down, almost ordained. Right, and not almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, it's just, and so what do you expect that the two areas where we kind of dominate in a popular way is the National Football League and the NBA. So now you've got these young black kids who maybe are starting to kind of wake up and smell the coffee, you know, and they say, wait a minute, what the? it's almost like waking up suddenly, kind of suddenly waking up from this kind of, this dream, what did, what did Malcolm call the American, great American nightmare. You wake up and you say, yeah, there are a lot of great things about this country, but man, there are a whole lot of unresolved contradictions. And then when he played his song, written by somebody who owns slaves, and you want me to stand up and put my heart over my head. Now, that was, now, we've had a lot of different reactions, obviously. It's been very, uh, it's very emotional. Uh, people all over the place, I know you, you kind of monitoring reactions of people, but um, you know, let's, let's kind of go down the list of who said what. Well, you know, let's start with Colin, Colin Kaepernick himself in terms of uh, his explanation for doing what he did. Uh, and initially he told reporters, he said, I'm not going to stand up to show pride in a flag for a country that that oppresses black people and people of color. There are bodies in the streets and people getting paid leave and getting away with murder. And I thought that was the that last part of that sentence was was the was really the point that he was trying to make in terms of people are getting paid leave. So, you know, cops are out there committing, you know, basically committing murders. In some cases, people can argue all they want. Uh, has, you know, hasn't been proven in court. OJ was never proven to be a murderer, and, he, and people still damn sure call him a murderer. So basically, people are getting, you know, people are getting off free, no consequences for murdering black kids in the streets so that, you know, there's no repercussions out there. And I think that, that was an important point he made. He wasn't just saying, you know, there's racism or this or that. He, he gave a specific reason uh, that he's protesting. So, and he also said, 
he also pointed out that, um, you know, he said, I have great respect for the men and women that have fought for the country. So it wasn't about the troops. He said, I have family, I have friends that have gone and, and fought for this country. But the country isn't holding up their end of the bargain. Men and, men and women that have, that have been to the military have come back and been treated unjustly and have been murdered by, by you know, in the country that they fought for on, on this land. And that's not right. Yeah. yeah you know, again, I, mean, I think the, the larger, there are a couple of larger points here. One, number one, is that I, I think that playing the national anthem before these games, I know it's an American, but it's ridiculous. There's really no, and people say that, they, that we don't want to politicize our games. We want athletes to stay out of politics. We get every single game. You politicize these games the minute you start the game with the national anthem. And if you go to a Yankees game and a lot of baseball games, then they hit you up with God Bless America at the seventh inning stretch. you got to go through that. And by that time, people are kind of all lathered up and drunk. And, and then it's, please rise and take off your head. And I, there have been fights when people didn't want to stand up. Right. You know, and people, come on, guy, what's wrong with you? Right. You know, and you create this sort of mob stuff. And again, it's sort of, I, I always remember, you know, I mean, I don't remember, I was in the plantation, but what it must have been like, for a black, uh, a black uh, bonds man or woman to be sitting next to an owner, you know, during a religious, you know, a religious church service, and they're talking about praying to God, and they're thinking about two completely different realities. They're playing, you know, the God of liberation and the God that justifies slavery, and it's the same thing when you look at the American flag. I mean, you could have a stadium with sixty thousand people, and you've got sixty thousand people thinking different things about what this country represents to them. And, and, and given the wars that we're, that, that we're creating, the damage, the lives that we're, I mean, all that stuff in the name of democracy, there are a lot of unhappy people. And, and you know, when you throw that in front of people's face at a, in, a, in, a, in a national anthem, right? I just think that maybe it's time in the next two or three years is just to remove it, well, just to stop, just to stop. It, it won't happen. Um, and, and, and I've been, you know, I've been a fan in many of those arenas, and I've, I feel that, that, you know, conflict within myself in terms of, I usually, I do usually stand up, take my hat off, and do all that stuff, but honestly, for, in complete honestly, I, I'm usually doing it out of respect to the people around me and not exactly. trying to, you know, not trying to have to get into a fight about it exactly. or whatever, but there are plenty of times where I'm like, I'm listening to it, and I, and I, I hear and feel the hypocrisy of the entire thing, and but you know, out of out of respect for everyone, I don't want to seem like that that you know the 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 mad Negro. Right. You know, I'll stand up and I'll and I'll play along. So I I completely get what Colin Kaepernick is doing. I applaud him for doing it, and it's really sad to me that that you know as of now it doesn't look like uh, more more players of color are going to join him, because I know you know some maybe some. Um, you know, may not may not understand the history of this country to the extent that they should, uh, but I'm sure there are some that do, and I, I'm sure there are a bunch of people that deep down in their hearts agree with Colin Kaepernick. But I, you know, I am kind of from what I've heard in terms of the statements that been that have been made from you know uh, minority players. A lot of them basically have have said, "Oh, you know, I don't I don't think he should have done it like that," or. Or try to distance themselves, and to me, that's a very sad thing. 
Yeah, and, and I mean, there, there, you know, there, there is no right way to protest. I mean, there's no right time, there's no right way. I mean, well, it could have been a different way. Listen, man, there's just no, there's no right way because somebody's going to get angry no matter what you do or what you don't do. When the spirit moves you and you finally wake up and you feel strongly about something, You've got to be, you've got to bring it because there are going to be people who are going to dislike you intensely. So there is no real right way to, right. to, to protest. And really, it's, it's enlightening. It should be enlightening because whenever something like this happens, and, it's, and particularly in this case with, with Kaepernick, I mean, you should just, I mean, if you have any question about how ruthless some of these so-called fans are oh, and how racist some of these so-called fans are, go check his... Uh, Go check his Twitter feed or his, or, his, or his mentions on Twitter. I mean, people are straight up calling him the N, the N word. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, I, I mean, there there, there are uh, instances of people burning. His, like burning, yeah, burning his jersey. Burning his jersey, like, and like it, LeBron. And the, you know, that's my point. I mean, you should want this stuff to come to the light. Right. Those guys, they weren't obviously they weren't rooting for you anyway. Okay, they're rooting for you to get a touchdown, and we always talk about this. Uh, while you have that uniform on, while you have that helmet on, uh, you know they can see a little part of your skin sticking out from from the uniform. They you know they know you're black, but they must be trying to. I would say it must be hard being a racist sports fan. I mean, it must be. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dilemma. In fact, right. That's one of the um, that's one of the themes of, of uh, the book I'm working on is how can you be an ethical sports fan when there's so much hypocrisy. Uh, the violence, the racism that, you, you know, at one level, I kind of don't respect these people, don't really like them, but the right. next minute I'm like, go, Willie, go! Right. You know, and it's just, and, 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 and not just in sports, but probably in so you know, you love the rap music, you live, I mean, you love, you, you, I'm, I'm listening, you know, to uh, these, you know, in the street, and, and somebody's going down the street with music blast, this rap music. And you turn around, think you're gonna see like a brother. This white cat, mm. man. They listen to our music. Well, this is what um, what's the name said during the award ceremony is that they listen to our music, uh, but yet they, they they hate us. Right. You know, we're we're we are so much a part of the American fabric. We are, as Albert Murray said, the Omni Americans. It's probably no, we are sort of like the cutting edge of this whole thing. I mean, if you go from, you could go all around the world, and people are listening to black tinge music, black tinge style, uh, you know, but yet here in this country there's such an ambivalence. And I know that now the vogue is in vogue to start talking about race, but race is not the problem. The problem is racism. And I think, you know, anyway, um, I, I'm just glad that, uh, that Kaepernick did it. But it's very interesting, there was a, who was a brother, the young, the rookie, the rookie, uh, right, Mike, Mike Tavares Mike from Tavares. the Eagles. Now he originally, right, was going to stand, or he was going to sit. That's what I heard on uh, on social media. That's right, he was going to sit. I was very happy. I was proud, and then his agent got to him, and he changed his mind. Right, you know, and his agent probably I wouldn't find who his agent is. Probably brother. No, I was. It was interesting, but you know, I read this a, a small blurb about it. He was quoted as basically saying, you know, I have nothing to lose. I'm, a, I'm an undrafted free agent. I'm not making any money. It's, it's basically for me about pride. And if anything, 
he he really has the most to lose, honestly. I mean, right. I mean, and maybe that's what his agent told him. Yeah, he well, he was looking at it honestly. Right. And then that's a problem. His agents, yeah, he's an agent. Said, no man, I've got something. To lose. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding right. me? Right, right. But you know, undrafted. You know, he he was looking at it honestly. But in fact, you know, he hasn't ever made a team, so he's probably the last person. Uh, you know, if you're going to think about it in terms of your own self-interest, in terms of a career, I might understand you not wanting to do that. But if you've already made millions, then I think I, I think you have less to worry about. Right, right, right. When we come back, uh, we take a quick break. I want to read a uh, I want to read something. Uh, famous athlete making a statement about the uh, 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 the national anthem. We're going to take a quick break. And we'll come back and wrap this segment up. Bill Roden on sports. This is from uh, Jackie Robinson in his autobiography uh, shortly before he died. Uh, he said, I could not stand and sing the anthem. I could not salute the flag. I know I am a black man in a white world in 1972 and 1947, at my birth in 1919. I know that I never had it made. Yeah. yeah so, so this thing is, and again, Jackie Robinson served proudly in the Army. He was a lieutenant. A lot of our parents, you know, my father served in the Navy, and my father's father served in the Army. In fact, he, he re-enlisted uh, six times. Uh, the first time was in 1892. <laughs> you know, so now we've got a long tradition of not only serving, but serving in segregated, segregated. My, my father-in-law, George Lopez, uh, was a, uh, a lieutenant in the Army. You know, he was in the same, um, I guess, uh, regiment or something is Joe Lewis. So there's a long history of that, but there's also a deep history of racism too. And that's this whole, that's this dilemma. So once again, it, it takes an athlete and a black athlete in a very public forum to make us deal with this stuff, to make us really, and I bet you there are a whole lot of folks, black, white, and different, who didn't know about Francis Scott Key, didn't know the history of Francis Scott Key, didn't know the history of slavery. That kind of stuff. I mean, a lot of people own slaves. A lot of a significant number of black folks own slaves for different reasons. But you know, it's it, it's a very deeply rooted dilemma. Racism, not race, racism. I know a lot of papers uh, say, "Well, we're going to assign somebody to the race." But no, it's not. See, when you do that to me, you're saying we're we're still not going to really deal with this because the issue is not race. You know, the issue is racism, and. It's going to be a very interesting NFL season. Uh, it'll be interesting to find out if if Kaepernick is with San Francisco much longer. And now I guess it makes it a little more awkward if they do release him because now people are going to say, right, especially for Chip Ke Kelly who had who had some uh, racism questions around him surrounding well, him. Well, people accused him. Yeah, they straight up accused him. Players, players accused him. straight up accused him. Of being a racist. Of being a racist. Yes, they did. So it's interesting that he's thrown into this uh, 
situation. Uh, that'll be interesting to monitor. But remember Colin, Colin Kaepernick, who, very talented guy and was very successful for a long time, all of a sudden now is a backup quarterback. Yeah. And that was a thing that was, you know, that's interesting to me too, that a backup quarterback in the NFL can make this much of this much noise and, and like I said before I think that's that's a, that just shows you how big the NFL is yeah and and, and remember uh, I was listening to Jamil Hill um, of ESPN uh, who's the great Jamil Hill by the way um, but she's she's she was a uh, San Francisco 49ers fan but she was saying this isn't really new for Ka- I mean Kaepernick right apparently right. this isn't new right and, and I didn't really know the depth I mean he thinks about this stuff he's talked about this kind of stuff uh, before it's just you know this is when it kind of exploded your know, preseason we're all fishing for something to right and he didn't and he didn't you know people you know detractors are quick to say he's doing it for attention which doesn't make any you know right he gets plenty yeah, of attention he gets attention you know he's doing fine but he did remember he did it the preseason game before this and nobody noticed nobody asked him about it it's not like he he didn't, he didn't broadcast it finally a reporter asked him about it, and he answered the the question truthfully, and just said, "You know, I, I'm not I'm not doing I'm not standing for it because of some, you know this and that." Right. So, um, you know, it seems to be very genuine, and and this is the thing, you know, a lot of a lot of fans or or I guess white fans who who maybe you know some even it, it may be innocent. They, they they feel like oh why you know why would he do this it doesn't make sense but for for me it makes perfect sense right you know we like I said before like I, I have I'm conflicted as a fan standing up for the national anthem half the time so to me I'm not looking at I'm not automatically looking at this like oh why is he doing this or what's his ulterior motive no I get it because I I have the same feeling I, I, I think I mean again there are a lot of black folks who disagree but I think there are a whole bunch. It, like I said, the great wonder is that more of us don't do this. More right. of us. I mean, if you really want to, every single day, every time you march into your job and you're like the only black person there, right. I mean, you could you could make this kind of protest every single day. The wonder is that more of us don't do it. Right. And when somebody kind of steps out there and does it, you kind of like thinking, yeah, brother, yeah, sister, right on. You know, and, and you may feel a little bad because you didn't have the nerve to step out there. And I think... I think that what athletes are finding, that the worm is turning, it used to be, and we talked about this before, that money, you know, money is supposed to empower you. The more money you've got, money should be power. But I think that a lot of times, you know, like like black athletes react differently. I don't want to lose my money. Right. So money or the fear of losing money, it becomes a weakness. But I think now they're really, wait a minute, man. I'm like 25, I'm making a lot of money. I can afford to like, you're not going to treat me like a boy. I can afford to protest. What are you going to do? Right. I mean, like, even though, what are you going to do? You're going to, like, like not. And see, people say, well, the owners and the NFL, they've got to tread very lightly on this, man, because if you act like you're going to take Kaepernick or somebody out and flog him publicly, you're going, you, now you will have the equivalent of an NFL riot right. on your hands. And they, and they have not. And, right. and they came out with a statement exactly. right away. Yeah. And, le- I mean, legally, there's no bounds at right. all to right. I mean, that's, that, and that's why the that's why the troops are fighting for the country to so we we have these rights that 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 are, that need to be you know fought for well, supposedly. People that's what have we, five homes in the Hamptons. You know exactly. Control the price of oil. But, yeah, and to me, it's very it is it's very sad that that Kaepernick at least right now seems to be alone in this. Right. And like I said, I know I don't have any any doubt at all that 
that many players understand where he's coming from. But I, I feel like black, as black people, we're always, you know, we've always been in this survival mode uh, mentality where, you know, we, we, are, we know that we have, we, have, we have so much going against us from all, from all angles already. Why take on something, you know, extra on our own? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you're right. I mean, I really wish there could be sort of a groundswell of support. But again, I think that uh, protests and probably like the institution of slavery, as much as there were slave revolts and all that, it was largely sort of like an individual thing. Say, well, I mean, I'll kind of be with you as long as I can. But, right. you know, at the end of the day, we got to survive. <laughs> I got to, right. you know, so yeah. you see, you know, uh, Colin Kaepernick jump out there. He said, well, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I can't go all the way out there with because. Right. There's a public support from the elite, but then there's a silent spike. With okay, well, publicly, but silently. Right. You better have your ducks in a row because we will come after you. Right. Because there are a lot of our fan base and sponsors who are not crazy. But they remember, Kaepernick got the issue problems because he wanted to wear Beats headphones, and the NFL's sponsor is uh, um, Bose. Well, and by well. the way, I just had my third pair of Bose headlines. Uh, headphones that are not working. I'm wearing Beats. Um, I mean, I'm still open for, for for Bose to be a sponsor. Right. But I'm just saying, you know. Step the, step your game up. That's right. That's right. It's the third pair, you know. So, anyway, listen, man. This is this is this this. You're right, Jamal. This is why the NFL is so great. I mean, they couldn't have invented a better way to begin this. I mean, this is like. It's the kind of meat season was kind of moribund. It's got, I don't know. Now all of a sudden, everybody's all eyes, all ears. You know, right. that's why the NFL is 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 it just prints money, man. It just it just is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, no no question about it. And you know, I'm sure this is not the last uh, we'll be talking about this. I'm sure it'll, it'll come through in in our in our subsequent conversations. Yeah, so. well, maybe it'll end up in New York. Yeah, that'll be fine. Yeah, they could use them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could use them too. So anyway, listen, man. This is a great, uh, great, quick hit. Uh, it's always a pleasure, and uh, we've got we've got a couple of very interesting podcasts coming up uh, this week. Right, we have an interesting guest uh, this week, a friend of yours, a producer friend of yours. We're going to be talking to right. this week. Mimi Valdez. We'll talk to her this week. Then we got a friend of yours, Solomon Wilcox. Solomon Wilcox. Um, September is, I think, it's National Concussion Awareness Month, something like that. But Solomon Wilcox, uh, great NFL career, a tremendous, tremendous sportscaster, uh, even better person, um, is going to come on our show uh, in a couple of days. He's going to talk about um, his initiative to have uh, players and former players, um, you know, begin to test themselves and really check out you know, concussion protocols and all that. So, yeah, we're going to have a very nice, uh, interesting week of, uh, of podcasts. So, remember, yeah. you got to tell the people what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, def- definitely uh, listen in. We're coming with, we got some big things coming up. So, uh, listen to us and subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud at Bill Roden on Sports. Uh, rate us and comment in the comment section. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Bros Pod. Uh, like us on Facebook. Like our page on Facebook, uh, Bros Pod. B R O S P O D. That's an acronym. Bill Roden on Sports. And uh, just look out for us. We got we got some good things coming up. All right, all right, everybody. We will be seeing you later on the other side. on Sports. Take care, y'all.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.